You're listening to The Retail Perch with Shaka Raman and Gary Hawkins. We're going to discuss industry challenges and opportunities in grocery retail, AI, current and upcoming trends, and so much more. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of The Retail Perch. And we've got an exciting lineup here today for you, but, you know, this is the middle of April. Typically, today would have been the day you'd be paying your taxes or scrambling to pay your taxes, but it's an odd year, right? It's been an amazing year. The IRS has actually extended the deadline to, I believe, May 17th this time, yeah. or something like yeah. that, right? Yeah. Some odd date like that. So, you know, normally I would be buried in my office scrambling to make sure I get my taxes into <laughs> the IRS, but here we are today recording a podcast. And of course, it's great to have our amazing, uh, my my co-host, Gary, you're, you're, not, you're more than a co-host. I don't even know what to call you, right? <laughs> so, you know, I guess if you start the introduction, you're the host and I'm the co-host, but here you are, you know, my good friend, Gary Hawkins uh, on the Retail Perch. Welcome, Gary. Shaker, great to be with you again today. And uh, do you want to introduce our, our guest here today, Gary? Sure. So we've got today with us uh, John Stein, uh, head of the Open Voice Network, and I'm going to turn it over to him and let John introduce himself and, and tell us a little about the Open Voice Network and, and uh, the work he's doing there. Gary, thank you. Shaker, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity and um, greetings to everyone here from Portland, Oregon. Uh, John Stein, and I'm the executive director, serving as the executive director of what's called the Open Voice Network. It's a nonprofit industry association dedicated to developing standards developing usage models, developing ethical use guidelines and privacy guidelines in the world of voice assistance. But I think the interest here in this podcast is, yeah, it's about voice and, I mean, standards and all that, very important. But um, I come from retail and I started my career about 15 years in the apparel business, department stores, better sportswear, um, 7th Avenue. And this whole idea of the open voice network and the pursuit of standards for voice assistance really came out of a conversation about that was really commerce centric. Um, I was with Intel Corporation at the time and, and heading sales and strategy for Intel's outreach to the retail and consumer goods and hospitality communities and was with some friends at MIT in 2016. And I thought we, you know, we're having coffee in the morning. I had appointments midday in the afternoon. And I thought we'd be talking about, you know, what do Bostonians talk about in the summer? About the Red Sox and the weather and, you know, things like this. And instead, one of the professors raised his latte and said, you know, I'd really be interested. And there were maybe five or six of us around the table. I'd be really interested in your opinions as to what technology over the next five to seven to 10 years. So long-term, what technology may most reshape the relationship between a retail brand or a direct-to-consumer brand and those consumers? What might change, and again, a lot of different things going on, but what might change the relationship? Really alter it. And, you know, we go around the table and this is 2016 and, I know Gary's a technology expert and Shekhar, you are as well. And, you know, think of all the, the usual suspects at a table in 2016. Well, of course, someone has to mention IoT. Someone has to mention artificial intelligence, AR, VR, of course, 
and on and on and on. And it came around the table and I had just been reading some things about this Alexa thing. Didn't have one, but realized, my goodness, here's a incredible retailer with easy payment mechanisms with a remarkable merchandising assortment that now can exist right in someone's kitchen or living room. I thought, oh my goodness. And so I said, well, this voice thing, I don't know much about it, but I, but this voice thing impresses me. One thing led to another. We did, um, combined with a consulting firm, we did a white paper on it, presented it at NRF, one thing led to another and found myself in front of the CEO of a major U.S. retailer and talking about this voice thing and where this might go. Again, this is you know, down the road. And he turned to me and said, well, this is kind of the wild, wild west, isn't it? This is a technology that could be really important. But gosh, are there any standards? How do we handle the data? Who owns the data? Do, do the technologies interoperate? Well, sir, not really, and no. And he said, well, it'll take some standards, won't it? I said, yes, sir, absolutely. And then he turned to me and said, well, who's going to do it? And a year later, I left Intel, and we've been forming the Open Voice Network. So, Gary, that's a long-winded answer to your good question. I'm sorry for prattling on, but that's the background. That's how it No, that, that's great. That, that's absolutely fascinating to understand how some of these things sort of come into being and, and you know, the, the potential long-range uh, impact they can have. It, you know, you brought up uh, Alexa, and, and certainly I think Amazon was probably the first, at least, big player to, to promote voice and bring a voice-based product service into the market here. Uh, but obviously, this is going a lot of other places fast. Well, what are some of the interesting things you're seeing application-wise and so on around retail? I think, Gary, it gets to, and let me answer your great question um, in this way. I think it gets to our understanding of where value is created in retail. Because a lot of people will say, oh, goodness, well, this voice thing, we've got a smart speaker, we should transact with it. You know, why isn't it creating sales for us? Or how do we create sales with it? Well, voice assistances can be as simple, uh, not that any of it is simple, the technology is very complex, but in customer service, in the call center, voice bots, when's the store open? When will my order be shipped? You know, and especially with the whole movement to, you know, really a digital retailing, the need for that kind of knowledge in customer service, you know, bots don't have a bad day, right? Yeah. No, bots just true. don't have a bad day. And you're plugged and they feed from APIs from your data. They're going to be very accurate. Right. You, you know, um, there's been some academic research that if a bot speaks like this, it becomes even more believable. You know, kind of like the old computers in the Jetsons, more believable than a human voice because it's coming from a computer. That's one area. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, what, what is this curve? I forget what, what this curve is called. It, it, you know, it's tied to robotics and AI. When it's really tied to dolls, right? Uh, when, when dolls become overly human, there's a, there's a creep factor at some point. 
right? You got to keep it sufficiently machine-like where it doesn't creep you out and you feel like you're talking to a real person. A absolutely, you know? so, absolutely. Yeah. But but it's one example of where voice, you know, just an interactive voice response, an IVR, right. you know, and they are being perfected and perfected. That's a place where voice can create a lot of value, and yet it's not part of the transaction. I'm really impressed by what a number of folks are doing to explore voice search with mobile devices. You know, a lot of the voice experts will say, hey, keep in mind, boys and girls, we can speak three times faster than we can type, but we can read twice as fast as we can listen. So think of, you know, what about voice search on your mobile app? What about voice search within, you know, your your laptop app or your, you know, your standard website? You know, this, so there's a lot of different places where this technology, you know, can come into play before we start thinking about I want to order my groceries. Yeah, but that's also out there in front of us. That's also out there. John, do you see the day coming? And you know, uh, if if you do. Give us some sense of what you think that timeline looks like when voice is going to replace, you know, the keyboard as our primary means of interacting with technology, with our computer systems and so on. Gary, it's it's the question, I think, for all of us, and especially as we're thinking about advising the investment as, as you and Sheikh Ardu of, you know, when should we plan on this? I think in the next immediate, in the immediate being three to five years, it will complement and it will be a complementary interface. Mm -hmm. But we will see it grow very rapidly in automobiles. In fact, voice in auto is one of the fastest growing areas. Turn on my car, turn, you know, play Spotify, play Pandora, play my list, um, you know, show me the directions, tell me the directions or guide me to the such and such. In a hands-free environment, it's a natural interface. Yeah. and. In, in those situations, it's going to grow rapidly. Another area it's going to grow rapidly is just in smart manufacturing and operations. Is in a sense your smart factories talking to you? Yeah, yeah. In fact, you're right. And, I mean, in the I, language you in the language you need. You need. Yeah, I, I don't remember the last time I actually typed in directions or searched for an address. I'm speaking to yeah. my phone most of the time or my car, right? You're speaking to your yeah. phone, yeah. your car. Yeah. yeah, go home, and that's it. It knows where home is and, and gets me there. Yeah. So, so I have a question, rewind to your earlier thing. You're talking about, you know, the setting up of a standards body to set up guidelines. So, you know, so you have in technology, of course, there's plenty of these uh, bodies which set up whether sure. it's a yeah, TCP no standard or the blue Bluetooth standards. So are you talking about a, a similar type of body which has these RFCs that puts it out and there's revisions to it that get accepted by a wider community or are these... These are not are they usage guidelines or and also include technology guidelines or great question and let me get into that. We are right now, um, we define ourselves as we'll be making proposals to the great standards bodies, the W3Cs, the IEEEs, the IETFs, etc. And there's voice work that's gone on, especially in W3C for years. Um, in fact, we have a number of individuals who have been driving voice-related standards through and with W3C. But there are some other areas and that, again, this is, 
the more we explore, the more we realize, gosh, we're getting into some real white, open, bare canvas type stuff. For instance, the whole area of voice data. Well, voice will give you, I want to order coffee and milk and eggs. Okay, that will tell you coffee, milk and eggs. But then it can also reveal the sentiment that I say that. Well, coffee, I think, milk and eggs. Well, there's confidence on eggs, but there's a little hesitation on coffee and milk. How does a retailer respond? Because you can respond in real time. But then voice can also, is a biometric, it can identify me with high degrees of accuracy. It's also a biomarker. There's research going on right now that voice with a 40 second clip of voice can be identifying mental illness, physical illness. In fact, we just on a presentation this morning talking about all the medical, it's not a diagnosis, but leading indicators. Right, right. right. Well, this, is, this is data that all of a sudden you're a retailer. What do we do with that data? Right. There's legal and regulatory guidance. <laughs> The EU just published a, a brilliant paper on how you apply GDPR to voice, but they just, from our estimation, they kind of scratched the surface. Didn't talk about biomarkers, didn't talk about sentiment, didn't talk about all these things that right. are out there within voice data. I mean, it's this is this is wild, wild west stuff. No, this is yeah. really interesting because there's really only three big voice assistants out there you know well four if you include cortana right so western have, western world yeah, in the western, western world right so you have yeah. you have amazon you have google you have apple and i guess you can say you have uh microsoft although i think microsoft is retiring cortana so but you know because they're the intermediaries right so essentially they have the voice recognition engines which is converting it into natural language and then calling an api that you register with them so they still carry the core, the raw data. Uh, and, you know, so who's, who is controlling? Because I think one of the things you've talked about is who owns the data, right? Because it's two things. One is the retailer's API is being called or whatever service is actually returning the information, but it's being relayed through this intermediary that's actually conveying it, translating right. your voice into text and text back into voice, right? And who owns that data? Is that data going to be preserved and is it going to be used? Are there any, uh, you know, T's and C's around that, right? Uh, and uh, do you have the ability to go and say, delete my, all my voice records? And if it's transcribed, does that mean you, the transcribed records will also be deleted or it's just your voice data? I mean, there's all these, I guess, questions huge, you get into. Huge, right? Huge issues, huge issues. And if, if I may say the issue of, let's call it commercial data ownership is for the retail industry and all consumer facing industries. Just think about healthcare, for instance, financial services is one of the driving forces behind the open voice network. And also the remarkable growth still quiet, but the remarkable growth of let's call them independent voice assistant system developers firms by the name of Soundhound or Raza, consulting firms by the name of Rain, are all kind of growing, kind of underneath the covers. Microsoft has turned most of their Cortana work into developing, let's call it private brands for enterprises. 
If you look under the covers of Beeb, which is the BBC voice assistant, you're going to find an awful lot of Microsoft Azure and cognitive AI work. So there's a real shift going on, and the shift is predicated largely by who owns the data and who's going to use it, who has the rights to it. Right. We just completed a study of a line-by-line analysis of the, of the data privacy policies of five big tech firms. It's, I'll just say it, it's quite interesting. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I think your expression said a lot more than that. But. <laughs> it's, quite, it's, it's quite interesting. And if I had more hair, some of my hair might stand on end. Right. It's quite right. interesting. And especially if, again, think of yourself as a chief merchant or a CEO of a retailer. Right. Yeah. No, so, and some of the issues you're bringing up are just massive in scope. And I think probably way beyond what most people have even thought about relative to voice and, and how this whole space, you know, is going to continue to uh, develop. You know, there's absolutely a lot of implications here for retail. But as you're pointing out, it, it goes way beyond simply, hey, I need to order some milk, juice, and eggs today. Right. It, it right. goes way beyond that. We're doing a, one of the things we're doing right now, and it'd be fascinating to talk about this with you guys because, you know, offline. But we're doing a study of if you start with a, a, a clip, maybe a 60-second clip of voice, you know, and Gary, we're asking the question this way. What are all the things we could know about him? What are the things we think we could know about him? What cohorts might we put him in? Again, thinking if we were just retail marketers. Yep. And it's this list that goes on. I mean, I'm in the second slide in about 14-point type of trying to list all this stuff out. And that was before I heard the presentation this morning about wow. all the analysis of all the health issues that now can be at least leading indicators. You're right. to the point where someone would say you should go in and see your position. Right. 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 That's amazing. So, I mean, so, so clearly there's, there's uh, issues. Well, I can't say issues. There's, there's things to be dealt with from a technology. Things adoption. to be dealt with. Yeah. yeah. yeah dealt with, yeah. right. From a tech, and I think that's true for really most technologies. There's got to be a standards body. There's got to be guidelines. There's got to be understanding of risk, ownership of data, rights of the consumer, all that stuff. But let's look at the other side, which is, you know, some people might say the bright side of things, which is what can it enable, right? What can voice enable in terms of richness of interaction experience from a customer perspective and just purely, you know, adding, you know, value to an ease of interaction, right? Uh, and I'm seeing voice, you know, get into Samsung refrigerators to your voice assistants to everything. And I think obviously for people, it's you don't have to learn the technology when you have to use a voice assistant, right? You just speak, you do you do stuff that you do naturally. There's no interface to learn. There's no there's no right. phone app to pick up and do. You just like talking to another person. So I mean, it seems like there's exciting possibilities, right? When, oh, there, when you it, speak, and what and, do you see in terms of you know some of those possibilities? It's remarkable possibilities, and that's what really got. Again, I was coming at this from a, of a, a retailer's perspective, advising retail companies, you know, working in technology with retailers and from a Garmento's apparel background, you know, how do we create value? And two things to your great question. Um, the first is there's been an awful lot, you know, one of the buzzwords in the industry here over the last two to three years has been we've got to create frictionless commerce, right? Yeah. You know, we find friction, reduce it, eliminate it, take friction out of the decision journey. Mm 
Right. I can speak three times faster than I can type. Yep. And to the point you made earlier, voice is a, a, a biomarker and authentication. You've just eliminated one of the big headaches with payment, right? Ex I've now authenticated that transaction biometrically and should be able to get card present rates, not have to bother with card not present and all that risk. Abs absolutely. And let's say that I have that set up. I also am a member, say, of a Walmart or a Best Buy kind of subscription service. And that data is on file. Right. And consumption and transaction becomes as simple as saying yes. I was teaching a class in a local university and one of the students raised his hand and said, I love voice. Why do you love voice? I order beer and chips and all I say is, give me beer, give me chips. Done, shipped to my door. And right. all, the, all the steps that the industry has taken in fulfillment and digital ordering and managing inventories and all that this is this is the easiest interface ever. Put me in, put it in the kitchen. I've got mine in the kitchen. Right, right. I mean, the only put shortcut it. I can think is the Neuralink, where you just think it <laughs> and you get it right. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, yeah. a USB plug in your head, you That's know. Right. But yeah. but, it but you is... don't want to get me half the things I'm thinking about. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> we might all get arrested, right? <laughs> but it's it it provides it's the first thing you know. Some of the voice theorists say we are as humans we're voice first. It's the first thing we did even before walking. We are yeah. uttering sounds, and so our ability to say, you know, gosh, what are we having for dinner tonight? Let's order such and such. It's right there. Right. I, I think it's very clear, right? So you, you, you've obviously heard about Clubhouse. You know, it's been a sensation over the last couple of months. And it's a voice-only platform. And I think one of the things that's so thrilling and amazing about Clubhouse is the fact that you get to hear and interact with voices as opposed to, you know, having to type on a chat or, yeah. you know, private oh, yeah. forum. And, and I think there is so much more because we're, we've been trained to educate and to understand tonality and, uh, you know, emphasis on voice and all of that stuff where you can really read between the lines when you're listening to somebody as opposed to when they're typing something out in an email, right? So uh, With, without question, without exactly. question, it's and that and you raise a great point because I think, you know, there's, if you will, the frictionless part of voice, the hands free part of voice. Think, for instance, of just a voice enabled professional picker, your Instacart picker, your Kroger order picker. I see them walking around my local Kroger. They're using, you know, clipboards, check marks. Yeah. Right. But then also, I think there's another part of this. And we talked about the downside of data. But let's talk about the upside of the remarkable opportunity of data. Just let's just say anonymized sentiment analysis of your call center. Right. Are they happy? Or are they angry? Yeah. What are they angry about? And in a sense, voice gives you the opportunity for an immediate, not just 15 people in a room. It's tens of thousands focus group. Right. There is, there is, and you can begin again, anonymize it, destroy it after you immediately do the analysis. 
but let's understand it by gender. You can infer anonymously. There's a number of things you can do, but you have you have this Im- immense amount of data that can be very properly and legally used to give you not just tomorrow's or you know the the view from two weeks ago, but like now. Yeah, like right. A real minute time. Ago. Yeah. Real time. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, thinking about that, there's no reason you couldn't take that idea in store. It doesn't have to just be the call center, right? Understanding what people are thinking, the sentiment when they're standing in front of your bakery department or in produce or whatever. And, you know, it could very well be Amazon is headed there, right? As they brought Alexa into their fresh banner stores, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which I think was a phenomenal move to provide Alexa there as a customer service agent, you know, because it's typically pretty hard to find a human being to, to ask questions of, but to be able to go up to one of the Alexa stations in the store and ask, Absolutely. you know, how do I choose a ripe avocado? Yeah, or even accessibility issues, right? I mean, think about, yes. you know, somebody who's, you know, visually impaired. I mean, to it's be able to uh, shop, you know, extend e-commerce, I mean, it's just amazing. So, Extremely inclusive technology, and Gary, to your great you know example there, there's another one. I'll just put in parallel of we've got a startup that is part of the Open Voice Network. They are doing kind of a listening thing at the pharmacy. Again, you have to be very careful with the data. Mm-hmm. You have to anonymize it. Complete respect for HIPAA and everything else. But as an early indicator, is a flu epidemic, is a something happening? What are they asking for? What are the issues of like public health just by listening? Yeah, right. You know, as, as an idea. So, again, it's enormous. Right. Enormous yeah. wealth I, I mean, and it, value it, it in gets, the data. It's remarkable. Yeah, it, it gets pretty wild, you know, thinking about someone's, you know, using voice to order their groceries the system picking up some indicator of a health condition and injecting in the middle of that, gee, you should buy this instead of that. Yeah, that's scary, right? I, I mean, I, yeah. I can imagine a lot of mimicry artists coming up here and, and trying to spoof the network here. But, uh, but you know, that, that part, I, I think there's obviously, you know, these uh, data issues and about, about voice, but from a uh, services, you know, in terms of retail, what do you think it does to the retail business model? I mean, does it change retail fundamentally if voice gets adopted widely? And and then secondly, do, do retailers who don't adopt voice, who don't build these voice interfaces, do they stand to lose? It's like e-commerce, right? If you're a retailer today and you don't have a website and you don't have e-commerce, you're going to lose in the marketplace, period, right? So, do you see voice becoming like that? Hey, this, this retailer doesn't have a voice interface. That's like, you know, how can you, that's so yesterday. I mean, you have to have, oh, do you see that happening as a channel? Down the road. Um, right now, no, I, I would lose my credibility badge if I said, well, you have <laughs> to have voice, you know, no. Right. But I would, I would say this, and I see that there are two major threads, two major transitions that perhaps are unfolding. One is the increased need for very sharp, real-time customer service in a digital ordering and multi-channel fulfillment age. When do I pick it up? When? Where is it? Who is it shipped by? When will I receive it? And 
most of us are betting that yes, there may be some plateauing in terms of even digital grocery post COVID-19, but it's not going to drop down back to where it was. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that need for service, that need for knowledge of your consumer and providing that to your shopper, very accurate, very fast, and no problem. You're not waiting for, <laughs> for the call center, you know, right. bing, you get it. So that's one. And I think that is right now, I would say that's a value proposition. Right, right. Do, do you see Very a important. time where you see a time where you think hardware and services are going to be separated? You know, kind of like the computer and the browser? Without question. Right? Without right? question. Um, I mean, so because right now the assistants are tied, the hardware server and the op- and the services are tied to a specific company, right? So you can't use a Google Home Assistant with, with a Siri, right? Because the device and the service are intrinsically tied up together. Well, that's one of the things. Right? I, I can see that happening where you have uh, device manufacturers who have smart voice assistants, but you get to choose which service you want to go through because you feel that, hey, I think Echo is smarter than this. So I'm going to use that service and tie it into your hardware. Do you see that happening as well? We see that a lot. And there's a couple of things. One is the conversational agent, which is the, the phrase we use, and the voice assistant system. So an agent sits on top of a system. The system is what gathering and grabbing the data. It's going to be completely separate from hardware. Second is that the hardware, if you, you know, ask yourself, and this is a one that when I first saw the day, I thought, no, no, can't be true. You say, okay, U.S., number one voice user in the world, apart from China, but let's talk Western world. Uh, what are the most used voice hardware devices in order? Smartphone, number one. Car, number two. Smart home, number three. Smart speaker, number four. And so we're betting on smart home, excuse me, smartphone and car. Mm, and right. smart speaker may just begin to, you know, not it's going to go away, but um, as the software becomes decoupled from the hardware, it's going to head in that direction. We will take a conversational agent with me, with us everywhere we go. And right. in fact, the futurists say everything's going to be AI, right? And every AI will be conversational. Right. So the AI is yep. talking to the AIs. Right. Yep. Right. So this is reminding me of the movie Her. <laughs> wanted, to, right. wanted to bring yeah. up another thing, though, back to your initial question. You know, I talked about the service, and that's something happening right now. But I think this is, I've heard Gary speak of this. I've heard others, you know, speak on this trend is the trend toward brands becoming platforms. Walmart with their membership program, Best Buy with their just announced membership program. The move, its products and services, or its products as services, its replenishment. It's knowing about my customer and then fulfilling that in various ways. Voice is the perfect interaction technology. Do you want it again? Would you like a refill? I mean, I, your I, propane, your propane yeah. is low. Would you like, you know, would you like us to ship, you know, ship another propane tank for your grill? Absolutely, John. In fact, I can see brands saying, I want my own custom voice in the response. I don't want the standard voice that comes from the voice assistant. 
Uh, so if I'm a Ralph Lauren and you're asking me a question through a voice assistant, I want the Ralph, Ralph Lauren branded voice to respond right. to you, right? You I mean, want, okay. Yeah, absolutely. And you want the Ralph Lauren branded voice assistant to be in the Ralph Lauren voice. So it's going to be very waspish and right. no New England, Long Island, you know, Hamptons, all this. Yeah. And because when we talk about, you know, the marketers talk about brand voice, well, my goodness, you will have a brand voice. One of the questions when our we had our first that first meeting with that CEO back in 2017, and it led to the standards conversation. One of the questions we asked this very distinguished gentleman said, "What does your brand sound like, male or female? Cute and cheeky, or kind of grandma and knows everything and very wise?" Or is there a family of brands under your banner? Do you have, you know, when it's you're talking about selling juniors, do you have young and cheeky and hip? When you're, you know, uh, what does it sound like? What does yeah. your brand sound like? Yeah. We control brand voice. No, I think it's pretty exciting. I mean, and I think also opens up to a whole, I'm pretty sure there's a ton of startups uh, already working in the space and thinking about some of these things. But I think these will all open up amazing opportunities in terms of how uh, in the next year, next 10 years, our interaction as consumers with retail is going to transform itself really completely different. I think obviously COVID has done something in terms of accelerating digital engagement. I think people are more dependent on their phones and their, uh, on their iPads and their tablets now more than they ever were before. And I think, you know, it's natural that uh, I don't see the phone that we hold in our hand stickering around for very long. I mean, I, I, you know, I think in 10 years from now, we're going to be looking at this and like, can you imagine we had a tiny screen that we had to look into and kind of carefully, you know, place our fingers on this tiny keyboard and sort of just being able to, exactly, right? It's so clumsy. And I, I can see voice being the natural transition of this entire thing, but clearly there's a lot of work that has to be done because, oh, yeah. You know, you have all these intermediaries sitting in terms of data transfer until it gets to the end destination, which is going to respond back. So, I mean, it's amazing. I think what you guys are doing is just fantastic. I think it's very visionary because you've clearly seen that this is a trend that's going to take over. And if we don't have standards and guidelines, it's going to be chaos out there. So, yeah. And, and as John's called out, just a massive amount of work simply identifying what those issues are, right? right. And trying to understand what they are. Because yeah, this is a new world. Yeah, and I think even even for retailers to step into the space and offer some voice based services, they obviously don't want to put themselves at risk in terms of you know data and ownership. And what do we do if a customer says, "I want you to delete all my voice records"? And how do we do that? And I mean, there's just so many questions that come out of this. So I mean, while I guess what you're saying is while the technology is so exciting, we've got to be thinking about all these things ahead of time before it really, we can get into a position of rolling it out, you know, across retail. Right? I was in a session this morning and, and to your great points, both of you just made, um, a very wise individual, and this was a, was a voice conference, said, let's keep in mind, it's not about the technology. It's about how the technology is used by humans. It's about how the technology is in, in, incorporated into business processes. It's how all this comes together. Right. The technology will, will evolve, and it needs to evolve, and it's got to be better than it is right now. We know that. 
but this is ultimately about such things as will your voice assistant, will your conversational agent interoperate with others? Can't right now. It's got to. Yeah. Will we protect data, your commercial data? And can we give you guidance about how you handle your customer's data? Biomarker, biometric, this, that, sentiment, whatever else. Can we, can people find you? You know, right now we have in the digital world, we have a DNS. You can find the website, right? Type it in. I want to go to target.com, bing, target comes up. There are 100,000 skills on Amazon. How do you find them? Let alone, how does anyone claim their name? So we're working to set up what's called a voice registry system. It's like a DNS for voice. Mm -hmm. So you can claim your verbalized, vocalized name. And then, you know, but then you have to think, well, gosh, there's Coles in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, and there's Coles in Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> and the fact they're spelled differently doesn't matter. Right. right. So we got to figure that out. Yeah. But those are the kind of things, yeah, those are the kind wow. of things we're trying to figure out. It's interesting. Uh, it's so interesting. No, I mean, this is a fascinating conversation. It's been very unique, Gary, because typically we've, we've talk, talked about, you know, <laughs> retail and data and you know how do we understand customers and i think when you bring a whole new medium of interaction to retail it tra it changes the paradigm in more ways than you can even imagine because you know it's like uh, i don't know i don't know if you've been on clubhouse much uh john but uh and i've been on for a couple of months and one of the things i find fascinating about it is it's it's like no other social media right? Because you're able to interact live with people and speak back to them. And I think there's something so endearing about voice that creates a connection so much faster than an email between two people, mm -hmm. right? And I think there's an emotional side to voice interaction that I think we haven't really truly understood what the implications of that are. Because I think from a brand perspective and a retailer perspective, I mean, that is... I mean, it's, it's such a wonderful way of connecting with a customer, right? If I like a customer's voice and I like how they respond to me, I mean, now you're humanizing an entire brand in a way that never thought possible. And I think it, it brings up all these psychological aspects to what brand loyalty means now. We're um, bringing in a completely new dimension into our communi yeah. brand communication. It's That's not right. only what we say, but how we, how say, we it. say it. That's right. 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 Uh, John, question for you. I know a number of the larger retailers are looking at voice. They're looking at how they should get involved, you know, uh, chatbots, et cetera. Are there different resources available on Open Voice Network's website or somewhere that they should be looking at to understand some of these different issues, maybe get some guidance on data protection, so on and so forth? Gary, we're setting a number of things up. The Where we have the most information for listeners to this would be in the realm of privacy. And we have just published our first guidance on voice-specific privacy. What are the things to think about? What are the issues? And so there's a you know an early guidance there. And we're going through the, the very proper criticism process of people saying, oh, I haven't thought about this. You know, so we're in that process, but that's a start. We also have created a commerce community. And what we're doing there is bringing folks together and putting in front of them a use case. So it's kind of shark tank for voice. Okay. Here's a use case. Here's where voice is suggested. 
I have an idea. I think voice could do this. Well, then we have some retailers, then we have some technologists, then we have some ethicists, then we have some, you know, one or two legal people. Oh, really? You, I'm not sure. And so we're working through use cases within that community. And so that's another area and we're documenting those. So those will be on our website also soon. All right. Terrific. No, that's great. No, I, you know, if there's listeners out there who want to ask John questions, you're more than welcome to send us an email at the retail birdseye.com and we'll try to get John back on the show to answer some of your questions in his own voice, <laughs> more importantly, right? Uh, that's, that's at least important. you think it's his, maybe his voice. It may or may not that's be right. John sitting there. That, that is true. That's true. We'll have a fairly one out. But but Gary, you know, I think we, we say this on every show, right? Because we have some amazing people here coming on uh, Retail Perch and look at the time. It's just whizzed by, right? So we've been talking to John for 45 minutes and it feels like we just got started. And John, it feels like we could talk to you all day because I think this stuff is so fascinating. And thank you. Um, we're, you know, so uh, respectful and appreciative of the work that you guys do because, you know, I think... While standards and guidelines in itself can be tedious and mundane and, you know, stuff that you got to go through, it's detail oriented. It is so important for the adoption, the ethical adoption of a technology uh, that, you know, I, I think, you know, I can see the day where in a few years from now with this become widespread, we're all everybody's going to know of the work that you guys, amazing work that you guys have done to actually establish some of these standards. So thank you from for your being lips. on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my pleasure. And from your lips to God's ears, you know, we've got a long way to go, but um, it's, it's necessary for this to grow to the benefit of the most. And that's yes. what we're trying to do. And, you know, yeah. and, and honestly, it takes people who can see into the future to say that, Hey, this is a trend yeah. that's going to happen. And we've got to think about these things before, you know, it becomes the wild west. We got to set these rules up and, you know, and technology is growing at a pace that's unbelievable. Uh, and I think we need people who can kind of think of the future see the trends and put these, these guidelines in place so that, you know, everybody's privacy is protected. And I think more importantly, people feel comfortable about using a technology and it's not relegated to some, you know, wild west, a small domain of people who don't care. Right. So that's, no, deeply appreciate that. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I, Gary, you you you. add anything here? Yeah, no, uh, John, this is great. Really appreciate you joining us today. And, uh, you know, Shaker mentioned, love to get you back on a few months down the road. I, I think, is other areas of technology, voice is evolving and moving fast. And so I know there's going to be regular updates here uh, as you continue your work and the Open Voice Network uh, uh, goes forward here. So thank you for being with us today. Thank yeah, you both and, for the and, opportunity. And, absolutely. And John, by the way, for getting on the show, this is what you get. You get the mug. So, you know. Fantastic. Please do send us your mailing address. We'll I make sure the mug gets to you. And next time you're on the show, we can have a cup of coffee together. So I'd love that. Uh, <laughs> that'll be fantastic. But, you know, I mean, I think this has been so unique in so many ways, Gary, because we know we, yeah. we like I said, you know, we, we talk about a lot of things related to retail, but we've not seldom talked about things that are in the future that are not really live now, but we, it's so obvious that this is going to happen, right? And well, having it, a conversation, it's, it's happening. Yeah, exactly. It's happening. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. There's no question about it. So, so retailers need to be aware of what's going on in this 
space right now because you know for example amazon they're already moving here that's right so and you take a look at the top 10 retailers just even use the deloitte study top 10 yeah they're all doing voice right Right. and you go down the list oh well i don't know if it's going to be real or not (laughs) stop (laughs) yeah yeah right stop it's not uh, yeah yeah, that, that's not the question. No, 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 absolutely. Well, well, folks, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as me and Gary have. I feel, Gary, we're in a very uh, envious position here because we get to talk to these amazing people and have these amazing conversations. But I really want to appreciate the time that you spent here with us, John. It's been incredibly enlightening for me personally. And uh, thanks, Gary, for bringing John on. And uh, we'd love to have you back on in a few months. It would John, be my, it would be my to, pleasure so. whenever. And thank you for what you're both doing here in this kind of this kind of conversation. Critical yeah, yeah. for the industry. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. And, and I also want to give a big shout out to Stephanie Doherty, who actually puts this together. And she carefully edits out her name every time I say it. So I think I want to say it 10 times in the show so she can't edit it out. <laughs> but she's been amazing in terms of putting this entire podcast together. Gary and I just get on and chat for 45 minutes, but she really makes the magic happen. So thank you, thank you Stephanie and, and the entire team that puts this together. We are going to be back in the next few, next couple of weeks with some amazing guests coming up in the next couple of weeks, Gary. So I guess we've got to sharpen, you know, I, I'm going to listen to a few more Joe Rogan episodes to figure out how to be the perfect podcast host. I think, so. <laughs> I, I, I think you're doing pretty good so far, Shaker. So, oh, yeah. well, yeah, yeah. Anyway, thank you so much again, John. Gary, anything before we close out? No, here? no another great session. John, thanks for being with us today. And Pleasure. Shaker, thank I'm you. sure we'll be talking soon. Absolutely. See you guys later and stay safe, stay healthy, get your vaccines, do your social distancing, and let's end this thing and live life again. Thank you Absolutely. very much. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Make sure to join us every Monday and connect with us at The Retail Perch on Instagram and Facebook. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at theretailperch at birdseye.com. Until next time, this is Shaker. And this is Gary, signing off. Mm-hmm.